All right. Welcome to episode two of After Hours with Amanda, because I'm not going to change it to anything else. It's the easiest thing to search. And since I can barely remember my internet passwords, as I've said before, making up another name for something is just not in the playbook for me. Um, First, I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who listened, who subscribed. I'm so glad y'all are enjoying this. Um, I have to admit, I did not know how I would feel about a podcast, but I really like this form of sharing my content and getting to interact with you all. It's actually really, really fun for me. Also, I'm going to be totally honest. When I started talking into this mic, I had this like flashback of my favorite radio DJ growing up. I don't know if any of y'all knew who Delilah was. Okay, so growing up, I moved a lot, and I would um, mostly, though, we settled between California, Northern, and Southern, right? And we would commute a lot, okay? And every time it'd be really late at night, there was this DJ, Delilah, and she'd come on and she'd be like, hi, this is Delilah, and her voice was so soothing, and she played music like you'd find on, like, Mix 96, like, The Police, Brian Adams, like, all of that stuff. So when I started filming this, I was like, hi, welcome to after. <laughs> and I mildly couldn't take myself seriously. Also, upon the insurmountable, well, not insurmountable, I guess that's not a right word, but the excessive feedback that I should have a McDonald's Coke if I felt led to, there's the ice. <laughs> I currently have my McDonald's Coke. Mm-hmm. And for a 30-second hook, well, goodness, we're past that to keep you listening to the podcast. But if you're here, I hope it's because you want to be here and you enjoy my content. Let's just always start with the disclaimer that I am not a professional parent. Obviously, there's no such thing as a perfect one. My goal is to be better than I was yesterday. I have no special certifications degrees. Uh, My advice, my musings, my stories are just my experience and learnings that I've had that I hope are helpful or in some way impactful or just honestly help you pass the lunch hour and bring you a little joy. (laughs) So anyways, we're just going to chat it out. Someone asked if I had like a content calendar of what I had laid out and something that you guys, if you know me really well, you know, but my husband probably really knows is I'm a fly by the seat of your pants type of girl. Now, when it comes to certain planning trips, things like that, yes. But when it comes to creative things such as this, I don't write down a topic and say, okay, I'm going to talk about this. And these are the touch points. I really just kind of share my stories and the journey that that takes us on is the one I expect we're supposed to be at, hopefully at the end point where we're meant to go. So here we are again. It's funny how so often we kind of bring things into our life like my McDonald's Coke and they become in this funny part, like a way of our identity, like how people um, will tag me in videos sometimes with like Starbucks or cake pops or apple pies from McDonald's. And it's funny how that becomes a part of our identity. And I got this question this week and I thought it was super interesting. And someone asked me, and it's, and it's a comment I get a lot and it's something I've struggled with as well. And it is basically your identity when it comes to being a mom. See, when you become a mom, there's this weird displacement of who you were before kids and who you are after kids and what that looks like. But I don't think it just applies to being a mom. I think it's life in general. I think anytime we go through these different, I don't know, experiences, these different landmarks or these different things we we think we're supposed to do, our identity shifts. And a lot of the things that you might have heard from moms or you felt yourself is, who am I? 
Like I have kids now and you get in this monotony of you're doing everything for everyone else, right? And somehow you feel lost. But I had this really interesting thought um, after my third child was born. And I talk about the third kid because she rocked my world. She was unexpected. She wasn't planned. And um, she was by far uh, the greatest surprise because the other two were planned. So I can say she was the greatest surprise because I was hoping for the other two, right? But this thing happened, and I talk about it, where I cried when I found out I was pregnant. And again, I talk about it. It wasn't out of a place of being ungrateful. It was just out of a place of being terrified. So I, I called my friends more after I had the third kid than the first two. Literally about basic things, pacifier usage, uh, when should I feed them, feeding times, nap schedules. I was calling my friends who had gone through the first two kids with me as if I had never had a child before. And it was because everything felt so confusing and unknown. And I had gotten myself into this rhythm and this schedule and this identity. And that was where I was, right? And that was how I identified. And things were pedaling along and moving along. And we were on the track and we were on the plan. And this is where it was going. And then that like stopped and I wasn't sure what to do with that. And then Corey arrived and suddenly everything that I thought I knew I was doing, um, it felt like being underwater. You know, okay. So growing up, we would go boating with my parents, right? And we would, um, it was, we didn't have a boat, but we had friends who had boats and would go to the lake. And I was always really scared in the lake because lake water, depending on where you are, most lakes are not clear. Like if you've been to Lake Tahoe, obviously that's not typical lakes. The lakes I grew up in, they're green, they're murky. You couldn't see anything further than like barely a foot in front of you. Like you can barely see your own foot. And my mom used to tell me all the time because I, one time when I was riding with a friend on their jet ski, I fell off backwards and I had this awful situation of feeling like which way is up. I don't know if you've had that before, but for me, it was just like I was shook. Like I, I, I just didn't want to go back in the water. And my mom said, there's always, always a way to tell which way is up. Blow bubbles into the water and watch which way they float, Amanda. And if you can for a second, slow yourself to blow your nose like underwater, like creating bubbles to watch which way they go up. Don't worry. It was not like I was like snot out in the water, but watch which way the bubbles go up and then follow the bubbles because the bubbles will tell you which way to go. But after I had Corey, I had this really lake underwater, what way is up moment, especially with my identity. And as I was navigating that with like friends and family and just feeling all these overwhelming things, this this realization came to me of the fact that when you become a mom or when you deal with any change in life, to not see it as such a struggle of being who you were before kids and who are you now. But taking the situation and seeing it as this really cool rebirth, right? Like you're growing and you're changing. And the person that I've become post-kids is like way cooler than me (laughs) pre-kids. Like I wish post-kids Amanda at 34 could go talk to 19-year-old Amanda and be like, girl, Let's grab some coffee. Let's take a minute. Let's chat because I need to I need to let you know on a couple things that are stressing you out that, girl, you know, let's just pause. Like we work so hard, right? Like I need my pre-baby body. I need to make sure I still do things I did before kids. But what if the two could coexist, right? Like when you're, when you're, when, when, 
you're growing, right? And your body is, you know, your arm is getting bigger, your leg is getting bigger. You don't like, I doubt your arm looks at the other arm and goes, oh, why are you here? Like, I can't function with you here. And I know that's a weird explanation of it, but things can coexist if we quit so tightly gripping to what was before and we look for what it can become now. And I don't mean losing yourself and only identifying as a mom. I think this idea that you have to have this identity and what is my identity, I think it is a fruitless search because I think you're always being who you are in the sense that you are always living life. You're not going to reach this point in life where suddenly your identity stops growing or you stop growing. I mean, that's death if you really look at it. Like when you look at the definition of something not growing any longer, not changing any longer, it it's death. So instead of us being so concerned about losing our identity, what if we saw that identity or that becoming as this really cool rebirth and regrowing. I mean, imagine if a caterpillar, I always love this example, but imagine if a caterpillar was so afraid to go into the cocoon, right? What if it just spent so much time thinking, oh my gosh, well, I'm a caterpillar and that's what I am. And if I become a butterfly, how will I still be a caterpillar? And then when it became the butterfly, it didn't realize it was the butterfly because it was so focused on remembering who it was as a caterpillar. But a freaking butterfly can fly. And if you embrace that, you can fly. You can see new things. You can do new things. And I think that that's a really important thing that I, I want to share. It's just like when you get married. You know, you stand there. You, co- you commit your life if that's your thing if you get married. You know, not everyone has to get married before someone comments that. But you get married, right? And and you say those traditional vows that have been there since, I don't know, the dawn of time. <laughs> you say, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and health, the two become one. Do you actually become your husband or your wife, whoever? Like, no, you don't. You don't. You become a better team. Hopefully both adding to each other's positives. You do, of course, pick up some negative habits. <laughs> Um, one would be, I never used to run late. Being married to my husband, I definitely run late more often. Blake would say he is messier being married to me. I would say he's learned to relax. But you don't you don't become some other person. And if you spend so much time in your marriage worrying about who you were before, instead of seeing who you be- can become, you steal the joy from the situation. And being... Being who you are and seeing what that looks like is so impactful with kids. My kids have, if I had held on to, and I did this for a really long time, and I still have those moments when I need to pause and say, okay, how do I need to fill my cup, right? It's not half half empty or half full. It's refillable. So how do I need to refill my cup right now for things that bring me joy, you know? And what were the simple pleasures that I had in in a passion about that I had more time for before. You know, I honestly love puzzles. I love puzzles. And before kids, could I do a 500 piece puzzle on my coffee table without someone walking by and smacking it or losing a piece or chewing a piece? Yeah, I could. I could do that. But I can still do puzzles now. It just looks different. And 
Might that involve a small little assistant? Yeah, it might. Sometimes maybe it doesn't. Sometimes that's something maybe I do at night. But who you become as a mom doesn't have to cancel out who you were. It can add to it. It can be extra flavor. It can be something that you can share with your kids rather than seeing them as this huge roadblock, right? Oh, well, before kids, I could just go out whenever I wanted to. Oh, well, before kids, I got a lot more sleep. Oh, well, before kids, I could go to the bathroom with the door closed, right? If we're always looking for the negative, we're going to find it. And I'm not saying that I don't have those days where I'm like, wow, I could have just run to the grocery store in 15 minutes and not 45 minutes plus the 20-minute meltdown in the parking lot plus the 10-minute potty break that we had to stop twice for two kids times two, 20. You can always find the ways that your life has changed. But it is the perspective that you choose, whether that's going to encourage you and catapult you and help you, or whether it's just going to leave you feeling tired, discouraged, and overcome. And I'm not, trust me, let's, let's be honest. I'm not sitting over here like, I have just found the key to positivity, guys, and I just, I see every opportunity. I see growth and everything. No, there are some days that I cry in my pantry with a cookie that I know is going to get stolen from me in like a minute when my child hears the wrapper opening from 1,000 feet away in a car on their way home from school. Because <laughs> I really believe that they have like some sixth sense. I'm not kidding you. But if you spend so much time focusing on how they impede you rather than how life looks different. You know, like, yes, I get more sleep now, but I also laugh a lot more. Yes, I don't have the ability to just leave my house immediately, but I have people hugging and kissing me as I leave and running up to greet me when I return home. And that like makes me emotional because that amount of love, your kids just at the age the mine are at, they, they just want to be around you. And I think the sooner that we're able to shift perspective and see the ways that they've added to our life and how we've actually become better people and we have become more flexible, I think it helps us. You know, I also think that kids really expose for us the need to be intentional, right? Like it's it's so when you have kids, man, it is survival of the fittest when it comes to friendships and it's no one's fault. Because you're so consumed with keeping this human alive that you're going to forget about a text message that was sent and you don't call that friend back for like a week or two. And that's not because you're being rude. And it's not because you're not being intentional. It's because you're overwhelmed and you're trying to adjust to your new normal. You're trying to figure out how things work, how the rhythm goes. And I think like anything, excuse me, I think like anything it's good to be malleable. It's good to not be so married to these schedules and these intensities. And I'm not talking about nap and bedtime schedules, y'all, because I mean, the structure of things is helpful. But I always think of it, did you guys ever play that game Pong? Did anyone play that game Pong? You know how it's on the screen and it's just like a circle and it's just the ball, a circle, what am I talking about? It's a square, y'all, it's a square. And the ball is going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But it's within this square. And you can move the little, the little line or the little paddle to catch the ball, 
right? And sometimes you miss it and sometimes you catch it. But that's kind of how I think of my kids, right? I think of the things that I do with my kids. Here's the structured square with which we're trying to work within. I would like nap time around here. I'd like bedtime around here. Let's try and get consistency with that. But I always leave room for change. And I'm not always great at it. But the more I allow myself to give in to the chaos and control the controllable and not major on the minors, and the more I can stop myself and see in that moment what is the priority here, right? I like the example of when it's bedtime. Oh, when it is bedtime, I am tired by the end of the day. I am tired by the end of the day, especially because in the way that I'm trying to be for my kids, I have to be intentional. I have to constantly be self-evaluating. And I'm usually holding my tongue because I want to create an impact for them that will be beneficial, right? So bedtime comes around and usually I'm shot. Like I'm ready for bedtime and I rely on that. And it'll be like you're getting ready to leave the room and one of my tiny people will be like, can you just scratch my back for five more minutes? And at that point, I'm like, oh, but why? Like I've been in, we've read, we, we did everything. I'm so tired. And it doesn't happen every night, but a lot of nights I'll stop myself and I'll say, okay, but what am I actually going to go do in this 10 minutes? Go scroll on my phone. Go watch a show that I'm actually going to probably tune out to while I'm scrolling on my phone. Go just sit and breathe, which is totally okay. And you're totally allowed to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, I read the books, I did the stuff and saying goodnight. But sometimes I stop myself and I go, what is this 10 minutes actually going to cost me? And what is it going to do for them? What is the surprise or the excitement they will feel when I say, all right, just 10 more minutes though, just two more songs. Oh man, the nights I do that for my kids and I try to do it as often as possible, it really leaves an impact and I can see it in the hug they give me, in the smile they give me. But when we're so concerned with our identity and what that looks like for us and how it affects us, you know, we act, it becomes this, I'm so affected by these people, right? They're, they're changing my life so much. But I guarantee you, you ask any parent, and whether they're tired or they don't want to be snappy or things like that, or whether they don't have the post-baby body or they don't have as many date nights as they used to, I have not met a parent that would trade the, the whole thing, the whole caboodle, the sleepless nights, the stuff, the love, because one f- funny, barely being able to say worded out, I love you from a tiny, like, human one funny laughter of a tiny tushy running away from you while you're trying to change a diaper. I mean, I, I've never met anyone that would trade that. Because there's something that happens to you. You go from being this caterpillar and living life totally cool. And kids have this cool cocoon thing. No matter how they're brought into your life, birth, adoption, whatever it is, when a child enters your life, there's this metamorphosis that takes place and you get to become a butterfly. And I think it's a butterfly because you start to see things you didn't see before from new views, from different perspectives. And just like a butterfly's wings has all sorts of colors, kids add color 
And they really do. And I think that so often the perspective and the rhetoric, as much as we joke, and I don't think there's anything wrong with joking about mom life. Like, I mean, I love mom memes. I love all that stuff. But I think we've gotten to this point where we spend so much time joking about how exhausting, how much wine we need, how much chocolate we have to eat, how how ridiculous it is, how insane our kids are, that we've actually started from what I'm getting a lot of like info on, created a lot of fear for people in wanting to have kids. And it just being this horrendous, horrible thing that happens to you and your life is afflicted and it's just the absolute pits. Like it's the worst. Oh man, having kids. Good luck sleeping. Good luck going anywhere. Good luck having a life. Instead of telling people, hey, you know what? It's going to create change, but I'm going to tell you. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll create a deeper relationship with your partner. You'll create so many things in yourself you didn't know you could do. If it wasn't for kids, I wouldn't even have a TikTok, y'all. I wouldn't have a TikTok. I wouldn't be sharing on Instagram. I wouldn't have this podcast. So if I'm being honest, my kids have done everything for my life. They've brought me to where I am. I would never have had the learnings or the insight if I had not stopped and listened. Because they encourage you. They expose how selfish we are. Ooh, ugh, oh, man. Honestly, and I don't – I'll talk about myself here. I think a lot of people – myself, I think myself, the reason that kids feel hard is because it's not just about you. Oh, it's not just about you. You have to take other people into consideration. And usually because those people are smaller, not as functional, and they need more, their need needs needs to be met. Like if you have an infant, you need to feed them. And if they need their diaper changed, you got to change it. But what we don't realize is that when we start, and this is in life in general and relationships, when we start out of love, putting someone before ourselves, it does more for us than it does for them. And I think we can all agree on that. I think if you guys were also here, you'd know my foot just fell asleep and the funky face I am making in my mirror, woo, when your foot falls asleep, it is just the worst. But kids expose the inner selfishness we have and they really call us to the carpet. Like I've said numerous times, I'll tell London, like, yeah, I'll do this or yeah, I'll do that. And she'll be like, you said you were going to do it and you didn't though. Like, I just want to know, are you going to do it? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I did say that. Whereas as adults, we don't necessarily call out people in that way, right? Like the friend who says, oh, I really want to get together. But every time you try to get together, they're busy. Or every time you try to get together, it's just not possible or it's a mistake. Like kids are the ones that will be like, yeah, you said you were going to take me on a bike ride. It's been two hours. Why aren't we on that bike ride? (laughs) Oh, you guys, there's nothing like McDonald's Coke. But they make us have to be more intentional. They make us have to be more honest. And if you can shift your perspective – as seeing this tiny person as the greatest gift of this really cool chapter where you get to, on the day that they're born, be reborn and take on this new identity. And what I mean by identity is you get to add color to the picture. You get to add a whole other facet to who you are. And yes, there is 
exhaustion. And yes, there's frustration. And yes, there are days I lose my temper and I don't say the right thing and I miss the mark and I feel crushed beneath all the identities that I feel that I have to carry and all the people that feel dependent on me and everything that I feel like I have to do. But if in the moments, in in the crushing moments that you feel that way, because everybody's going to go through that, whether it's as a parent or just in life, when you feel like you are failing everyone, including yourself, if you can remember that you're trying and that with every day, even if it doesn't look the same, it's a little different than it was before. You've grown more than before. And yeah, you might have lost your temper, but you can always go and apologize and that's growth. And yeah, you know what? You might not make dinner tonight and you might pick up takeout. You can let the kids pick. Or yeah, you know what? You don't get to go out with the girlfriends as much and you don't get to go and go out without a babysitter. But I'll guarantee you what? You'll create more intentional relationships that people with people that can fly with the seat of their pants you'll be able to find the people that will carry you through those days. I have my girlfriend and I talk to her multiple times a day and I can call her and say, I'm failing. I'm embarrassed. This is the worst. And I would take one of those relationships over 10 relationships of just text messages that never come to a fruition of getting together or missed phone calls that never. And that's not to say that those relationships aren't important. It's just to say that kids expose the intentionality of the time that we have and they make us be selective with our time, which is not always a negative thing. Our kids help us find, I think for me at least, the relationships that, um, are going to be most life-giving to me because when I am going to spend time with someone, when I am going to take that time to put the extra effort, it's going to be for those deep relationships because I need the person that if I show up with poop on my shirt or if I show up with my fly down or if I'm like, can we go out to dinner, but I'm coming in sweats, no makeup, looking like a hot mess because I just need to get out and I can't take the energy of getting ready. Those are the relationships, you know? And there's a season for everything. My husband, God love him. He loves to, there's a place for everything and everything has its place. That's like his motto. And he's not really stringent on it, but it's funny because sometimes he'll get really irritated. We have a playroom and it gets super dirty. I'll just shut the door. I'm like, that's what the door is there for. But for, for Blake, it's, it's hard to have that there. It, it, it's like, we're not, we're not taking care of our stuff. We need to, we need to make sure we're taking care of our stuff. We need to help. There's organization. And I always remind him, there will be a season for that when we won't be stepping on Legos or finding Barbie shoes in our purses or random diapers or walking in and finding a diaper on the couch that I forgot to throw away from like four hours ago. And when that time comes, there will be a time for quiet. But I guarantee you in that season, we'll be mourning the season before. Because when you spend so much time focusing on what was, you don't get to see what is. And then when what's to come comes, you wish for what was. And you're still not living in what is. 
So that's my two cents. I don't think you lose your identity when you become a parent. I think you become a phoenix. And I know that sounds funny, but I think you become a superhero. Because you start to value and look for the things that are important. And you start to see how these tiny people give so much to you if you let them. And you start to see how they help you find the relationships you never would have had without kids. And you start to see that there is so much to be taken from where you're at. And that doesn't take away from what's hard. And it's not to say that you don't mourn being able to go out in a moment's notice or being able to do things. But I think instead of seeing life as this identity we have to hold on to, we have to remember that everything in life that grows has beauty. Imagine if a rose never bloomed, right? I wouldn't. I mean, what would we do without roses? Imagine if a caterpillar never became a butterfly. There's just so much to be said in growth. And I think that we need to change the narrative on what having kids and being a mom or a dad, whatever that looks like, however that little child came to you, from you, given to you, whatever that is. I think we have to take back that narrative. Instead of creating so much fear about what will become and holding so tightly, think of it like a roller coaster. When you get on the ride, right? Because I love Disneyland, y'all. And you're going through, you know, you're going through Splash Mountain, the Incredicoaster, the Tower of Terror. Oh, that's my favorite. Now it's, you know, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy. It'll always be the Tower of Terror to me. When you hop on that ride, my favorite part of that ride is when you get up to the top, you you come from the bottom, right? Where there's so much control, where you know it's not going to drop on you, right? No fear. You're just sitting there. And then as it rises, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it's getting to the top. And when you get to the very top, the, the, the doors slide open and you can see all of Disneyland. You have the highest view of that entire park. And then boom, it drops. And you start to feel like your heart's going to jump through your stomach. And like for me, there's this really exciting excitement that comes with it. And then boom, you're catapulted back up. And then you come back down. And then you're back up. And then you're back down. And I think that's like parenting. I think it might feel like the Tower of Terror. But when you get there, it's a bird's eye view. And I just want to encourage you with that today. To stop searching for who you were or who you're going to be and see who you are. Because if you need to be reminded of who you are, go ask the tiny people that admire and love you. And if they can't talk, go look into that little baby's eyes that relies on you. Because I guarantee you, even when you don't feel like you're killing it in life, you are somebody's everyday hero. And people need to be reminded of that. So that's the end of this episode. I am grateful for you being here. I hope that that brought you joy. I hope that that in some way, some way helped. And if it didn't, thanks for just being here and listening to me ramble. Someone asked me if I was going to have guests. Well, you know what? I don't know. We'll see. But someone did say, hey, can you give us something fun to do during the week? And I'm going to wrap it up. But 
I am not one to add anything to your plate. I just don't believe in it. It's I think everyone has so much going on. I'm not going to give someone a task. I don't like that myself. My plate is full. But I will tell you something that's really been beneficial for me when I need to feel like I'm doing something, right? Because we can't be all things to all people all the time. But I started doing one thing a day for everybody in my life. And I want to keep this, <laughs> I'm talking bare minimum, y'all. I would think during the day, every morning when I wake up, I think of what five things can I do today? And I can say, oh, you know what? I can make my husband lunch today. You know what? I can sit with London and help her with her homework. I know Paige is probably going to want to go in the backyard for about 10 minutes, so I can put my phone down for 10 minutes and go outside. I know Corey is definitely going to want to do at least one sing-along, so I will sit there. Oh, I love the sing-alongs. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I will sit there with the Disney sing-along and watch it with her. And then what am I going to do for myself? Is that eating my snack of chocolate after the kids go to the bed? Is that taking a bath? Is that calling a friend? What is something small and manageable I can do, not just for everyone else, but for myself included, to continue to refill my cup and love on those around me? So I hope you guys have a great day, night, and thank you as always for listening.